what kind of alternatives your customers would have if your product did not exist and what's the end benefit you are delivering to the customer and who exactly is your customer the final piece is the category itself are you going after an entire category or are you choosing a smaller pie in an existing category and then trying to expand and at the end of the day your poisoning should be designed to carve a space in the mind of customers so that they would consider your product as one of the best solutions when it comes to solving a particular challenge but then you think about the social landscape the research and data is hugely significant when we combine all of these different touch points build that long-term loyalty and then diving into the clicks to leads to sales it's gotten to a point where it can drive better results in audience targeting and really is what's going to set you apart you're tuning in you're tuning in you're tuning in to the how agencies thrive podcast b2b saas marketing that's what we're talking about today simply put this is about marketing your software as a service this is a little different from any other regular products because saas purchases are most likely to be subscription based this means you have to keep up with the competition release new features improve user experience make product updates to keep the user engaged and provide value and also do this consistently so in today's episode let's dive a little deeper into this welcome to the how agencies thrive podcast i'm sneha suhas from stack adapt and today we're chatting with preetish from better mode about b2b saas marketing uh preetish hello and welcome to the show i'll now pass it to you to introduce yourself you know your uh, professional experience so far and your areas of expertise thanks sneha thanks a lot i'm glad to be here So my name is Prithish and uh, I have been working on product marketing and growth marketing for close to 10 years uh, mainly focused on SaaS uh, products I started my career as a software engineer and then I moved to marketing and business side to that and um, I am currently working as the director of marketing at Betmore and what we do at Betmore is uh, we bring together different customer engagement tools into one platform so for example discussion forums q&a events uh, resource center help center ideation roadmaps um change logs into one centralized all in one community platform so that you can streamline the customer experience centralize all your tools and build better customer relationship so that's what we do at betmode amazing thank you so much and uh, very glad to have you here So my first question to you is about um, B2B SaaS marketing itself which can be quite different from B2C marketing right so what do you see are uh, the key distinctions and unique challenges that marketers face when promoting software products to other businesses right uh yeah i i really love that question because that's a really fundamental question about um B2B SaaS but i believe at the end of the day to begin with we have to be human to human we need to look at what's the unique pain point that we are solving what kind of benefits we are providing so that requires a deep understanding of our, of our customers and of course that applies to both b2b and b2c but that said there are of course unique challenges um, so one one point that you previously also mentioned during the intro is that b2b businesses are primarily subscription based businesses right which means you have to keep on improving your product invest a lot on customer success 
to make sure that your, your your customers are constantly getting value. They're realizing the investment that they're making and what kind of output they're getting from the product. So investing a lot on customer success, that is one of the key aspects there. But in terms of purely from marketing and sales side as well, you are predominantly selling to a team rather than one single person, right? So there is a person who would be using that product, but there is another person who would approve the budget. There is this legal team uh, who is trying to make sure that um, in terms of regulations, they're safe. Uh, there is this technology tech team or data security team that is making sure that their customers' data is secure. So there is n number of push and pull going on in a B2B SaaS purchase. And you have to be context. You have to see everything through a, through a different context. So what kind of motivation each team member has, and you need to fulfill that. So that's one of the key challenges. And apart from that, um, depending on the kind of companies you are targeting, uh, say, for example, it could be a smaller um, company, it could be a mid-market company, it could be enterprise company. Depending on that, the sales cycle could range from you know, a week, two weeks, a month to a year as well. And because of that, you ha- you need to be constantly in touch with your customers, uh, of course, throughout the sales cycle, but after that as well. And um, uh, in terms of the, the kind of content uh, that um, B2B SaaS produces is kind of different than B- B2C. Uh, so it involves things like white papers, research papers, um, case studies, uh, demo sessions, which might not be that common on in, in B2C side. And then you have to essentially build your relationship, right? So right from the stage of discovering and getting in touch with the first prospect to closing the deal and then making sure that you are in touch with them throughout their journey and making sure that they are realizing the value. So that's a constant process. So, so yeah, so I believe selling to a team of buyers, uh, looking at their unique challenges, lengthier sales cycle, these are some of the unique challenges that you would encounter in B2B, B2B SaaS. Right. So, you know, you spoke about uh, sales cycles and B2B sales cycles can be lengthy and also involve multiple decision makers, um, like you said. So how can marketing automation and lead nurturing help in maintaining engagement and guiding prospects through the sales funnel? And what are some of the key metrics uh, to look at here? Sure. So, um, yeah, just just in terms of marketing automation tools, I believe one of the most common use cases would be around uh, lead scoring and prioritization. So based on the ICP or ideal customer profile that you have defined, using that as a base, you can score different kind of leads that are getting channeled into your funnel. And um, based on that score, you can prioritize the deals and then let your sales team know that this is a this lead is uh, matching with our defined ICP and uh, we should be able to close them. So, so that is a prioritization process that uh, that is getting impacted with uh, marketing automation tools. And um, another key area is uh, segmentation, right? So uh, based on all the data that we're collecting, 
you need to be able to segment your customers uh, or or all the leads that you are uh, having in your funnel. So based on their demographics, their priority uses, uh, firmographic data, all that can be used to segment your customers. And that's also a key driver uh, for personalized messaging. So these are some of the, these are the two key areas in which marketing automation helps. Apart from that, um, like I mentioned, Inherently, the sales cycle could be longer. Uh, it could be month. It could range from one month to a year. And throughout that that period, you need to make sure that you are constantly engaging with uh, the prospects. So, like sharing testimonials, company news, uh, or even if you're releasing any kind of case study. So, all that could be channeled uh, through the marketing automation tool, and you can use that to communicate with your customers. And of course, like I mentioned, you need to use that segment to personalize your messaging. Apart from that, these days, all of, most of the marketing automation tools have sophistication built into that so that you can capture different kind of intent. Um, like for example, um, are they using certain features in your product? You can channel that to your automation and uh, capture that if they are not taking those actions or those behaviors that you want them to uh to uh, pursue you can use your communication to guide them in a certain way so that those are some of the areas and um, also the, uh, in these days the marketing awesome automation tools they're adding a lot of different channels uh, to help you communicate just not emails or product messaging it could be you could reach reach them through other channels such as sms or whatsapp and all that so multi-channel uh, messaging can also be utilized here. And apart from that, it's just not about, you know, uh, uh, communicating with, with your customers through a one-way channel. It's about, it's also about opening up that channel and receiving feedback from the customer. So using your marketing automation tool to reach out to the channels uh, in which your customers are active and and getting feedback from them is also crucial. So, so these are some of the areas. And uh, uh, apart from that, you um, you can look at what kind of pain points that they have described during the interaction with your team, with your teammates or sales team. Um, you can utilize that to communicate uh, them, uh, communicate with them, and. Um, um, apart from that, then you have, um, uh, say for example, they are uh, utilizing some kind of integration. Uh, maybe they have activated some some tool that your platform offers, and in that moment, you can send certain uh, helpful resources. Um, what are the best practices? How other companies are using those integrations? So those kind of behavioral activities can be tracked, and you can course communicate with the customers and see and make sure that they're getting the best value out of the product so yeah that's how i would i would mainly summarize it mm -hmm. okay um you know you spoke about uh, messaging a lot and uh, i have a question about messaging right uh, b2b SaaS products have uh, complex features and benefits most likely how do you create compelling and information informative content that communicates the value proposition clearly to potential customers and 
Um, can you also throw light on product positioning here when it comes to you know, messaging and how are you showcasing that value? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So again, I believe when it comes to communication and explaining complex topics, it's it's primarily about having a deep understanding for customers, their pain points, right? So it, it's, it begins from there. So again, you need to have a clear view of your customers, develop your buyer persona, uh, look at their industry challenges, goals, what is their preferred content format, how are they consuming content, have a clear view of that, understand your customers first of all. And then whenever you are building out any kind of content, it should have a lot of visuals. Uh, so for example, if, you're, if you have a blog post, infographics, uh, diagrams, flowcharts, that these things could be used to expand complex topics. And then you, you need to be able to demonstrate um, using examples or case studies of how, how other companies or what are the best practice of, practices of using your product. So that also gives a lot of clarity. Uh, so that that is also tied to storytelling. Uh, how can you let your most satisfied customers talk about product, their experiences, and uh, utilize that to communicate your your product's vision um, and what kind of features you're building. Uh, and also talking about the vision and journey. Uh, whenever you are releasing any kind of new feature or talking about any kind of value that you are offering, try to see if you can tie in your larger mission and vision as well. That also creates a lot of trust. And then there are some other common tactics that I can talk about, like, for example, not using complex jargons, using simple words, um, emphasizing on what kind of uh, return you're, you're, you're providing to your customers based on their investment. And uh, these days, a lot of interactive demos are also trending. Uh, so your website itself could host a lot of interactive demos of your product. That also explains how they can click through different areas of the product and see how it works uh, without even talking to the sales team or even watching a video. They can they can actually play around with their product. And and talking about videos, of course, that's uh, that's one of the key channels, a uh, key key content format as well um, to explain any kind of topic uh, because inherently it's visual and you you grasp those topics in, in a really easy way. And then you need to also um, just get feedback from the customers as well, like what kind of content you are, what could be improved, um, what are you missing, um, if if there is um, certain topics that your customers would learn would would like to learn, um, can you cover that? Can you have live workshops or webinars to help the customers? directly through one-on-one -on -one interactions um so these these um one to many or one one-to-one -one sessions can be utilized to uh you know decipher your products complex stories and then use them to simplify the message and, and talk about it but then coming to poisoning i believe it's a it's a really um, I believe it's, it's the, one of the most fundamental aspects of um, GTM motion that can make or break your product. 
so and it's it's a really uh, complex topic as well i believe we can have an entire podcast dedicated to just poisoning but yeah I, uh, poisoning mainly uh, stems from your your mission so mission that translates to your poisoning and then you use the poisoning to create your messaging but for for poisoning itself there are there are primarily five components i would say um one is that what kind of alternatives your customers would have if your product did not exist um so what kind of alternatives that they can choose and what's the end benefit you are delivering to the customer and what's your unique solution uh, that's one thing and and who exactly is your customer uh, and apart from that the final piece is the category itself what kind of category are building are you creating a new category are you um going after an entire category or are you choosing a smaller pie in an existing category and then trying to expand so all all these five components would build your poisoning and at the end of the day your poisoning would um, should be designed to carve a special space in the mind of customers um so that they would consider your product as one of the best solutions when it comes to solving a particular challenge um i would i would also suggest that uh, april dunford she has um, she has written a lot about poisoning i think she is one of the best when it comes to designing poisoning um, i think everyone should should look at the resources that she has put out i believe there is this uh, podcast as well as newsletter which is called lenny's podcast so and lenny's newsletter as well so there she has written a lot about poisoning in one of the issues so should check it out yeah i would i would just like to say that once you have narrowed down your poisoning um and and it it need not be absolutely crystal clear in the beginning i know that at least in early stages it can change as you move towards part market fit and look at different components of the market but at least start with a minimum viable poisoning uh, and uh, utilize that to create different messaging uh, your battle cards uh, reasons to believe uh, value proposition all these amazing very insightful thank you for that and so preetish my uh, next question for you is about account based marketing abm right it's gained popularity in b2b marketing so how can saas companies implement abm strategies in the digital world to personalize their approach for high value clients right yeah i mean it's the one of the most trending topics in the b2b space so super happy to talk about it i believe the uh, the whole buzz around abm started picking up around i would say 7 8 years back maybe around 2016 around that time so even before looking at abm i would say that first you need to see if your company would be would benefit from that there are, uh, there are a couple of markers that you can choose to to first see if your organization is first of all first of all suitable for abm or not you know so look at your annual contract value so if it is generally around 25k 30k then that's a really good signal as well that it could be a good fit for you but if you have a 
smaller ACV um, might not be the right fit. And also, when it comes to larger contract values, inherently the sell cycle is also higher. Not always, but inherently it is. So if that is also the case for you, if it is, it takes maybe months, uh, six months, five months, a year, something like that to to close deals, then then ABM would be perfect for you because you will be dealing with multiple stakeholders on a larger time frame. So account-based marketing would be perfect for you. So 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 these are the these are some of the markers that you need to look at, and and then you need to start your ABM program. I would generally suggest that companies that are starting with ABM they can they can come across n number of different tools and uh, it's it's you know quite uh, uh, complex to look at all these different tools and put them together but i would suggest that just start with a pilot program you know just select 10 accounts and uh, assemble a small team try to see who would be working on what kind of activities what would be, what would be the different project areas and then establish your kpa so it could be uh, meetings books booked um, number of opportunities created things like that and then look at your time frame and also agree that you would meet certain number of metrics uh, based on the kpa that you have selected and then you should start running your ABM program. Uh, but when it comes to just starting with the pilot, I would say that work really, really closely with your sales team to first prepare that that list of accounts. If you're going after 10, 15 accounts, or maybe just 10 accounts, work with the sales team to, uh, to find out who would be your ideal customer. Uh, even you can also look at your crm to find out some of the cold leads some of the cold deals and just try to regenerate them uh, you can utilize that to build your list or you can look at if you have subscription to apollo zoom info maybe crunch Pass, or even linkedin itself you can utilize that to build your account list when you're starting with a pilot program you don't need that big large um large list you can just use linkedin or crunch Pass as well and uh, if you are targeting SaaS companies, uh, you can utilize a site called getlatka.com. Yeah, the, the site itself has a lot of SaaS company list um, for targeting D2C, uh, sorry, direct to consumer companies or e commerce companies. Then you can look at Charm. It's a database of e commerce companies. So you can you look at all these different tools to identify your uh, target list and then. Try to research, look at their LinkedIn profile and try to map out different decision makers, their roles, their plans, what could be, who could be potential influencers. Can you also get warm intros based on your existing network? Because that would help a lot if you get, if you can secure a warm intro. Apart from uh, building the right list and mapping out the decision makers, you can, you, you also need to look at what kind of content uh, assets you have already created and of course you can reutilize them but you need to try you need to make sure that these these those content assets those ebooks white papers or case studies they're sort of personalized because you are, you are if you're starting with really small number of accounts you need to be able to uh, personalize those accounts even you can personalize the landing pages as well 
So invest in that, really personalize the content, personalize the experience, then try to reach out um, and uh, make sure that the the marketing message is, is in tune with what the sales team would say once those opportunities, opportunities are created and they're actually demoing the product and uh, trying to pursue the prospect to you know become a customer and as you expand your target list maybe start going to 50 100 500 you need to utilize multiple different channels as well you can utilize linkedin for targeted ads um even i believe stack adapt also has some kind of integration with bambora um you can use those intent signal to run different kind of targeted ads uh, for your target accounts uh, of course there is email campaign you can also use offline channels to send some kind of personalized gift or any personalized message to them there is this tool called um, instantly uh, which has email warm-ups and uh, email sequences contact database built into one single platform kind of similar to apollo as well and very cost effective you can utilize that to uh, run your campaigns uh, if you're just starting out um and then yeah and finally you need to look at what kind of metrics you are able to achieve uh, based on that defined pilot period how, how many opportunities you created how many demos you booked with the sales team and then try to see based on that success that learning that feedback try to see how can you expand your abm program to more number of accounts um, and as you scale uh, as you try to target larger number of accounts i would highly suggest that you utilize intent signals a lot of there are a lot of intent vendors you can even utilize g2 crowd they also provide uh, intent signals based on what kind of uh, category or competitors or your own product that uh, buyers are searching for you can utilize that to be more targeted and be more precise in terms of the kind of people you are reaching out to the kind of messages you are putting out so that's how i would i would approach abm i would first start with a pilot program then try to expand it and when we're doing a pilot program just start with lower number of accounts start with 10 accounts personalize your content reach out to them and from there you iterate and scale awesome those are very specific suggestions and great insights um, and you talked about scaling, right? So how can digital marketing strategies be adapted to, say, scale and target international markets and overcome cultural and language barriers? Yeah, there are, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely complex. It might seem that it's quite, kind of um, straightforward to just localize your content and try to go up to different markets, but there are a lot of nuances to it. Um, you need to first understand if you're really deep into winning localized market, you need to understand again how what kind of specific cultural nuances or specific geo specific problems that your customers have. Understand their market landscape. Are there in local computers? What kind of uh, value they provide and what kind of uh, unique solution that you can provide to that local market that's one of the key areas again so understand your customer do a do a thorough research based on that geo and then then you plan your gt motion 
Um, and like I mentioned, you need to, of course, localize your content. Um, you need to invest in high, high quality translation services to make sure there is uh, accuracy. And also there are certain things that, that could be sensitive in some areas. Like for example, maybe some color combination, some words, some jargons, some way of saying things could mean entirely different in different, different countries. So you need to be sensitive to that and make sure that you're, you're working with experts to make sure that your content content doesn't have any kind of sensitive material based on the market that you're targeting. So that's one of the key areas. You need to, of course, localize your success story. So can you have some kind of local success stories from that specific geo or based on that demographic? So that could resonate really well with that market. And uh, again, your um, support resources could be uh, I mean, your support resources need to also match that market and uh, the knowledge base, the help centers, even customer success or su- support uh, reps, if they're not able to speak that language, then there could be a lot of bottlenecks there. So investing in that area, the time frame as well, if you are in in the States or in North America and trying to target maybe southeast asia or something something like that some some other geo which is far from your local time zone can you have some kind of team that can cater to the customer from that area and make sure that they're getting the right kind of experience and support uh, based on their time zone so all these things need to be considered um and again the uh, the distribution channel also plays a lot i mean it, it plays a crucial role so utilizing channels such as you, you might be utilizing tiktok or maybe facebook instagram linkedin twitter depending on what kind of content you're putting out and uh, what kind of market you are serving but for example in china wechat is really popular so depending on the local market are you able to utilize different kind of distribution channels apart from the regular ones so that is another key area then localizing your pricing um, payment options as well and another key area is your data uh, regulations privacy regulations making sure that you are compliant with those local areas um, even california has ccpa and we, we all know about gdpr in the european region so making sure that legally uh, customer experience wise marketing wise you are in tune with the local market is just really crucial for expanding into international market. Awesome. And um, as we look ahead, what trends do you foresee shaping B2B SaaS marketing in the future? And uh, how should companies prepare to adapt their digital marketing strategies to stay ahead in this evolving landscape? Right. Really, really good question, as well as I believe um, there are a lot of thoughts going on around artificial intelligence. So I must use that word from the beginning of my answer. Uh, so there are, uh, I believe, I mean, there is there is now a large, large scale uh, utilization of different kind of AI tools. Um, and it is going to definitely change the way we work, the way, way we market, even the way we build products. So I believe that with, with AI, the level of personalization would also increase a lot and um, 
right now we are using say for example lead scoring based on the firmographic and demographic uh, and some kind of product users data i believe with time there the I, I, there are also current solutions as well right now which can predict at a much better level uh, what's the probability of closing certain kind of deals based on external factors as well not just the data that we are collecting so so that would again be democratized i believe more companies would have access to that kind of tools so i believe personalization and utilizing these kind of tools to see uh, and prioritize um, the deals that you're getting that could be uh, more efficient and then content production content production the kind of content that you are creating um, it can be scaled a lot using artificial intelligence large language models like even mostly all the tech marketers or when you're working with at least in the tech space knows about chat gpt and they have everyone has played around with it so utilizing these kind of tools to scale your content production be more efficient uh, in terms of the kind of content you can create that uh, that would that, that would rapidly increase i believe smaller teams would be more efficient as well um, they can they can produce more compelling content without requiring large team members that's something that that's going to happen and i would say that i believe there will be at least in the b2b saas space there will be more plg product led growth companies with time than uh, sales led growth companies there i saw this re- report that was put together by an investment firm vc company uh, that said that post pandemic and before 2023 some of the sales led companies did actually well in terms of uh, retaining customers and uh, selling higher contract value deals um, but i believe with time uh, that tool that would shift more towards plg because more and more number of people have access to different kind of information they can see and understand what's happening with the market what kind of market dynamics what kind of alternatives everyone has and 90% of the decision is already getting made before even reaching to the customers so so that would accelerate uh, accelerate a lot and uh, we would see that mainly companies would lean towards plg and um, in terms of preparing for upcoming challenges or shifts in tech technology uh, i believe one one key area is um, is to look at your communities right so as a marketer stay in touch with your community uh, so there is uh, uh, for example if you are a growth marketer or content marketer there is this really good community by demand curve uh, it's just a slack channel you can join in there um, there is really good communities for uh, product marketers um, pma has a, a product marketers uh, slack community join in there stay in touch with the with the community and try to understand what kind of new tools technologies best practices other teams are using so that would help you a lot and um, just invest some time in learning more about the newer tech uh, the, the the newer technologies new apps new tools new strategies 
um so for example dedicate maybe 20 30 minutes each week and just go through productrun.com where different new tool, tools are getting launched right so that will also give you a sense of what kind of new technologies new companies new thoughts that are coming out um that could help you a lot maybe improve your some of your existing process bring in more efficiency apart from productrun you can also look at maybe hacker news uh there is this soway chain tab we can check out the new tools as well there and finally i would say that try to try to plan different scenarios uh because that's also really crucial um <laughs> say for example in in the seo space itself search generative experience is going to come out so what how would that impact your business if you have a lot of Uh, lead acquisitions uh, i mean if if you are acquiring a lot of leads from search engines either through organic search or maybe through ppc campaigns how would that impact uh, your funnel because i i read this really good uh, report that was put together by this uh, vc firm called insight partners you can also search they have la- laid out this uh, idea that there will be more number of zero click searches once search generative experience is rolled out so zero click searches is essentially you are searching for something your prospects are searching for something but they're not not clicking on anything they're just getting the result directly from the search engine so as we roll out more number of or as we experience more number of generated search results that could accelerate a lot and how would that impact the real estate that that your company already has on the search side um both in terms of the uh the the organic result that you have as well as the ads that are available on that search result page so looking at that do you need maybe another distribution channel maybe you need you need to start building your community or maybe look at social media can you utilize that to um compensate some of the decline in traffic that you are going to experience so planning out different scenarios how that would impact getting together with a team brainstorm how that would impact what are some what are some of the weak points what what are some of the quick wins we can have those things can help you a lot um so so yeah i believe um in terms of the new technologies ai um just i'm just summarizing ai um in terms of personalizing and and being really good at predicting opportunities uh looking at new trends staying in touch with the community um planning different scenarios these are some of the key areas marketing teams and in general companies can focus on amazing um, that brings us to the end of this episode preetish thank you so much for joining us um loved how you pointed to specific resources and really got into the details extremely insightful so thank you once again for joining us and uh, thanks to you the one listening to this Whoever you are, marketer, brand agency, I'm sure you've had a lot to take away. I definitely learned a lot of new things here, and that's one of the best parts of hosting this show. Again, uh, great to have you here, Preetish, and to you, the one who stuck around till the very end. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to listen to new episodes right when they drop. If you like the podcast, share it with your teammates. It could be a cool resource to post on your office work chat as a recommendation. So go ahead and do that. And uh, if you want to get in touch, write to us at academy at stackadapt dot com. 
That is academy at stackadapt.com. We have episodes releasing every alternate Wednesday, so stay tuned. Until then, this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. See you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with StackAdapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.